This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. Psalm 83 is this. It's a song of Asaph, and it's about it's about Israel being under attack. And oftentimes we, uh, we perceive the attacks and the troubles of our day is as from the devil. But the Bible says that God has ordered our steps. He's ordered the steps of the righteous, which means that any place, any territory that you walk into, that you go in, that that you enter into, God's already uh, knows about that. And he is he's planning and preparing that area for your benefit, for your best. And what, what does that mean? That means, it doesn't mean the what, what is known as the health and welfare theology. It doesn't mean that God has prepared that to be a wonderful experience where you just are, are, are sensing the love of God and the wonder of his work around you. It means that it's prepared for you so that you might be made more in his image. And ultimately, God's purpose is for us to glorify him. And in our natural state, before we are born again and before God begins the work of salvation in our lives, we can't glorify him because there's nothing in us that's good. He places in us that which is good, which is uh, a new human spirit, and he gives us his Holy Spirit, and then he gives us the gift of faith, which is the most important gift. He gives us the ability to trust him, and and then we begin to act upon that faith. We begin to exercise that faith. And when we're exercising that faith, when we're what God has prepared us to do, when when we're acting on that, then he puts us in situations that necessarily require us to trust him. And those situations oftentimes are very difficult. And sometimes they're they're emotional. Sometimes they're very troubling. Sometimes they're, they can be even devastating and heart-wrenching. But those situations are, are given to us as an opportunity to learn to trust God and to glorify him by our faith. And when I read about Israel being in the troubles that they're in, obviously Israel is is the Old Testament picture of the New Testament believer and the difficulties and struggles that they had and a lot of them caused by themselves. And by the way, a lot of our struggles and difficulties, most of them are are a result of who we are. And the reason God's taken us through those troubles is so that who we are might be changed to who he is. And knowing that, understanding that, walking in that allows us to have a perspective. It has a perspective of hope with it. If God knew the situation at hand was going to happen, which we know he does because he's all knowing. If he knew that, if he prepared it for me, then he's obviously has some victory in store for me. That being said, I have to allow the salvific, the sanctification process, the salvific process to take hold in my life and to change me and to make me in to his likeness and to his image. And the only way for that to happen, the only way for that to go on is for me to uh, trust him 
and allow myself to be changed. And boy, as a young minister, I heard that so many times. So many people don't like change. Church don't want, want to see any change. They, they don't, it's just not a, it's not a good thing to do a lot of changing and it's not a lot. The problem with it, that is what the whole salvation process is about is change. And so if you say, well, I don't like change, I'm not into change. I don't want to, I don't want to have any changes going on. I don't, I'm not buying into any change right now. If you're saying that, what you're saying is, oh God, I'm just really not, cha- I'm just really not uh, uh, changeable. I'm not, I'm not malleable. I'm not moldable. I can't be made different. And what you're saying to God is, I'm not going to glorify you. And and so that is a very important understanding that that the troubles that we have oftentimes are the result of our own actions, which God knew at the beginning, allows them to happen so that He might bring about His godliness in our lives, His change. He says, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. Now, see what's happened here is, is, is the situation has become so uh, difficult and so troubling and so much of a struggle. It's become so difficult that you finally say, God, I, I need you to move. I need you not to be silent. I need you to not hold your peace. I need you to uh, not be still. I need you to be God because the situation is really difficult and really a struggle today. And the truth is man does not change until the difficulty and the trouble of his change is less than that of remaining the same, is more than uh, that than remaining the same. See, God is going to put you in a position where it is it is more beneficial to you to experience the life change that he has for you than to remain where you're at. And so the pain of change is going to be is going to be less than the pain of remaining the same. Man does not change unless the pain of change is less than the pain of remaining the same. And he puts us in a position where the pain of remaining the same is so great and so difficult that we choose his change. And that is a very loving thing to do. He says, for behold, your enemies make a tumult. Now, I wouldn't say it that way because that's very difficult phraseology. And for me, I'm just from Alabama and that's just not how I say it, but it sounds real, real interesting. Your enemies have made a tumult, that which means they're causing trouble. He says, be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Notice the pain of change is less than the pain of remaining the same. That's what he's saying here. I'm, I need your mercy. I need your grace all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant. What he's saying is, I want to be in joy, which means I'm willing to change. I'm willing to see uh, the change that's required in my life to bring about your very best and your glory. He says, rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Notice, he says, I'm lifting up what? My soul. And remember, the soul is the is the part of God, uh, is the part of us that God loves. I, uh, he says, your soul have I loved. Uh, it is your, it's your passions and your intellect. It's your thoughts and it's your motive. It's really who you are. Uh, we're in these bodies that they grow up and then they grow old and then they die. But the real us is our hearts, is our heart and our intellect, our, our thoughts and our emotions. He says, rejoice the soul of your servant. What he's saying is, I want you to bring my soul into joy. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I'm lifting up my soul to you to be changed. 
I'm lifting up my thoughts to be made to your thoughts. I'm lifting up for, for my emotions and my desires to be your desires. He says, for you, uh, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Notice, God is, he, he is a good God. He's a good father. He is a loving God. And he is ready to forgive. Remember, forgive is not say it, everything's okay. Forgive is to release me from the bondage that my sin has created. So he says, for you, Lord, are good and ready to release me from bondage. He is, and that's true. He says, and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Remember, he's willing to give mercy to those who hear him, turn and call upon his name. And, and if you hear his voice, you're already his. It's time for you to turn and call upon his name. You're one of his children. He, he disciplines those that are his, those that he loves. And even if you've never turned before, you need to turn now, turn to him and allow his voice to become your guide in life. He says, give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend the voice of my supplication. You know what I've done? I've turned two chapters over. Boy, it's all fit together, though. He says, and those who hate you, <laughs> I mean, I turned a whole page there. That's hilarious. If I could laugh about it, but I don't have time because I got to move on. <laughs> he says, he says, and they, those who hate you have lifted up your head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people. Boy, I'm going to do a good job with Psalm 86. I'm going to tell you, I just feel good about it. He says, they have taken crafty counsel against your people and consult against, get together against your sheltered ones. Notice that the world is out to get you. It, it always has been. And understanding the, that God allows enough of the world to get after you so that he can change you and make you great is a great principle to understand. He said, they have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. The name of Israel may be remembered no more. And don't we feel like that? Well, I feel like that today, that the enemies of our enemies in, in, in dark places are coming to destroy us. Uh, they're coming to take us away. But that's, that is not God's plan. It's not going to be God's plan. We are going to be his children. We're going to glorify him. We're going to be his likeness in the world. And we're going to overcome because he's made us overcomers. For they have consulted together with uh, one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and it, the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagarites, those are all the uh, children. Those are, that's a confederation of the people that are the descendants of Lot. And uh, they're not Jews. They're not Jewish. They are se Semites, but they're not, but they're not Jews and they're not God's people. He says, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagarites, Gebal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Now, Philistia and Tyre are descendants of, of Lot, and neither is neither are Gebal, Ammon, and Amalek. They are, they're, well, they're the Philistines. And good reason to believe that the Philistines came from maybe Greece or, or uh, that area of the world. Anyway, he says, Assyrians are, I have also joined with them, and they have helped the children of Lot. And that's going back to to telling us that about they have joined together in a confederacy. It seems like oftentimes the whole world is out to get us. And basically this, these four verses say that. The question is, is the world greater than God? Is the world more powerful than God? Is the world's purposes going to be the end of all things? Or is God's purposes going to be the end of all things? 
He says, deal with them. Now notice, it is really uh, good to have walked with God for a while because you have experienced certain things from God. And one of the things about that is, is you have learned to trust him in ways before. And remembering how you trusted him and remembering how faithful he is helps you in the moment of struggle that you have in the hour, in the moment that you feel like everything is crashing down. He says, deal with them as the Midians, as with Sisera and as with Jabin and at the brook Kishon. That's drawn back to when Moses was in the wilderness and the battle he had with the Midians because the Midians betrayed him. He says, who perished at Endor, who became as refuge on refuse on the earth. What he meant is God just totally destroyed them. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb. Yes, all the princes like Zeba and Zamuna, who said, let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for our possessions. Notice they tried to invade and they were destroyed. Notice he, he is drawing upon stories of God's work in the past. And that is a critical thing. When you're critically considering, and you need to consider every everything that happens in life because life is only lived once, and it is a journey with you and God through who he's making you into. It's through the experiences of life he molds us and makes us. And so understanding that and understanding those experiences, he, 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 he takes us through struggles of the past that should change us and also should be standing stones or remembrances of how he's done before. And if we begin to trust him and remember those things, it strengthens your faith in the hour that you're in right now. It, it allows you to go, God has carried me this far. He's always been faithful and he's going to carry me even farther. And as your hair goes gray and as your face wrinkles and as time passes, the more experiences that you've had trusting him and realizing that he is uh, he is one who, who covers up our iniquities He's one who atones for our wickedness, and he is one who makes us into his image and makes us into his likeness. And so what do we have to fear? And the answer is nothing. He says, oh my God, make me like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. As the fire burns the woods and the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with a tempest. What he's saying is make me into a fiery tornado chasing after them. And you know what? <clears throat> Trust me, we are bright and shining light in the spiritual realm. And when we realize who we are in Christ, and when we realize the light that we have, and then when we function in the ways of God, in the, in, in the character of God, and we act that way, we do become that to the forces of darkness. They know they have no power over us. They know that God has given us everywhere we place our foot. They know that God has commissioned us to be his representatives in the earth. They see the mantle of the Holy Spirit upon us. And if we act in faith, we ignite the power of God in us. We, we please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We please God when we trust him. And, and that fire and that power emanates from us. And even though in the physical, you do not see it, see it the spiritual knows for sure that we, we are one who trust God. And, and nothing stands in the way of those who are willing to love him and trust him. He says, and he says, frighten them in your storm. The same, but more, more terrible a fright 
than, than we feel when we first realize that trouble is on the horizon. It's a far worse fright that they feel because they have no one to hope in. They have to hope in their own self. They have to hope in the lie that we will not trust God, that we will forget who he is. They have to hope in, in, in that which is hopeless. We hope in that which is eternal and unchangeable. We hope in God. And so they their fear is a far worse fear than anything you've ever experienced because they have no one to hope in. The lost, the wicked, the, the darkness of this world has no. And so when we're the shining light of faith, that God wants us to be. When we act and we, we're assertive as to who God is and as, as the place he wants us to be in. When we do those things, uh, we don't go out searching for them. God brings us into them. Remember, oftentimes you want to promote yourself. No need to promote yourself. Just be who you're supposed to be. God will take care of promoting you when the time comes, if he wants to promote you. And you know what? Sometimes the promotions that we want are promotions that ultimately are not for, were not for us. They're not, do not fit who we are and they're not a joy for us. I want to be promoted into the positions and take the places where I fit in God's plan. Why? Because that's where I find joy. Psalm 86, when we get to that here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about bringing my soul into rejoicing. If you want to know, I was going through verses three through seven, Psalm 86. It's just a little addendum to the Bible study today. He said, oh my God, make them like a whirlwind dust. Like make, um, He says, like chaff before the wind, just blow them away. As the fire burns the woods and as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest and frighten, frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Notice that even in the midst of that, sometimes God redeems people who are on the other side. And he he redeems them through the process of you being light. And even when we see things as us against them, the truth is some of them are going to be changed by being who we should be in the situation. And God even saves some from that crowd and, and some from that group. And he will save some as we go through life and as we go through as a church. And we're going to see people who we never expected to, to bend the knee to our sovereign king, our Lord, they're going to do that and they're going to trust him. And what a joyful day that is. He says, let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish that they may know that you whose name alone is the Lord are the most high over all the earth. Well, the great 18, that they may know that you whose name alone is the Lord. He is alone in the making of the universe. He's alone in the power of the universe. He's alone in the purpose of the universe, and ultimately he's alone in the redemption of his people. And no power, no power can ascend and assail that. And so he says, they may know that you whose name alone is the Lord are the most high over all the earth. And he is the most high over all the earth. And I love to see someone who finally figures that out and uh, they hear the voice of God for the first time. Their face has changed. Their countenance has changed and the realization that God is calling their name to be a part of his people totally changes them and, and love and peace and purpose come from that. And that's what we're in the business of doing. We're facing the storms and the difficulties so that, so that we might be glorifying to God by our faith and so that others might glorify him by uh, the faith that he places. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope 
and peace today in Jesus' name.